Welcome back to the second episode of The B-Team. couple updates here. We've changed our name from The B-Squad to The B-Team. And the second update is we told our listeners we were going to be better in week two. We were going to all have microphones. None of us do. Jerry and Lee are both in solidarity with me right now. I went to Best Buy. I went to Staples. Guess what? They had nothing for a headphone microphone converter. You know what they told me? They said they don't carry it in store and that I needed to order it online. Like, how stupid is that? It's Amazon's world, okay? And we're all living in it, Pimo. You got to know. You got to order that online. Did you not order it at the end of work and then press for two-hour delivery? Aren't you in Seattle? Isn't like one-hour delivery a thing? I think it is, but I'm so out of touch with all that stuff, man. I've gotten into it more and more as I moved out here, but I don't know. It's just, it's embarrassing to me that, like, why do we have stores anymore? It just it, it, takes, me, it, it takes me a lot to get me to go to a store, which is cool because that means you really love the podcast. But, yeah, if I can avoid any way to just, like, stay inside and avoid interacting with other humans, I'll do it. Like, if I can, like, I'll, today I ate couscous with nothing else. I had no you ate couscous. Store. All I had was couscous. I don't want to go. I don't want to go anywhere, and I really don't want to go to Best Buy or Staples. I didn't even know we still had those. So I, I'm, I applaud you for going. Thanks, man. Yeah, I thought that Staples had gone out of business a while ago. I know Best Buy is pretty soon going to be out of business. But to our listeners, we really appreciate you sticking through it with us. Uh, we'll be better in week three. This is turning into the Jameis Winston podcast, where each week you're promised something better only to be let down week in and week out with three interceptions and a pick six guys football is back. How was that week for both of you? So good. It was, it was so great. You know what? I don't, first of all, I want to welcome back Jerry who disappeared at the end of last week's podcast. Thank Um, you. I was waiting. I was waiting to be brought back. Our, our devote, uh, devout listeners who listened to the end of last week were without him for uh, a few really, really nice minutes. Um, we were waiting for him to come back. We were worried about his health and safety, and I think everything was fine uh, with him. How are you doing? Are you okay? Yeah, I really appreciate that. Let me just say, um, just a public apology, all the friends of the pod and our dear listeners, and I'm so sorry. We had a technical difficulty um, with some phone battery issue. It's a recurring thing of mine that I'm trying to work on just keeping my phone charged and I gotta say I really appreciated how you guys started that when I left um, it was really nice you were so worried about me um, and then for what the rest of what you said about what I'm doing I guess all I can really just say is I don't know fuck you go fuck yourself um, love you guys and it's great to be back and we got great things coming not only on the pod but with um, with the PP uh, as well, their platform coming along. So I appreciate you guys' early support. We're going to look back on that with real pride in just a couple of years. Just to fill in some of our, our newer listeners, uh, we spent last week, we ripped on Harry. Jerry has a, has a company, as a, person. That we, a startup that we, that we ripped on a little bit. But anyway, you're right, Pimo. Football's back. That's really important. It was so nice to just lay on the couch all day Sunday and some actually some really – fun games um kind of all throughout the day and maybe until the night and then great games on monday night too yeah no i was unable to watch as many games as i'd hoped 
my mom was in town and I didn't want to make her sit in my 225 square foot studio apartment and watch football off of a Reddit stream. Um, so, you know, we went out, we did a couple activities in Seattle, but I was still able to watch Jerry's Lions somehow, oh, somehow below it against the Cardinals in tie week one, which honestly, judging by Matt Patricia's face, uh, was honestly worse than a loss. Jerry, I got to give you a shout out, though. I saw your friend Kate's Instagram story. He was at a bar in Denver. I guess the power went out. And Jerry, like he always does, has NFL Sunday ticket on his phone and was holding it up in place of the TV for all of the Lions fans to see. Jerry, you're a trooper, man. How do you do it? How do you do it? This is all true. Um, I don't know if you can tell. But I was worried that I wasn't even going to be able to do the pod today, not only because my heart is broken just one weekend, but my voice is basically almost still gone. We were turning it up at this Detroit Lions bar. Shout out Candlelight Tavern, Denver, Colorado. Detroit fans show up. We have such hope. We care for this team. And you know what the Lions do back to us? They stop on our hearts and shit away football games. I don't know if you caught this high, but it was a loss in my book and anyone who knows anything about football's book. Because these Lions squad, besides not trusting your 11-year veteran quarterback with the worst timeout call of the year, which isn't saying much, but this is, it will be the worst timeout call of the entire 2019-2020 football season, okay? You don't call a timeout on your 11-year vet when you have a chance to ice the game on third and five because you think the clock is ticking down. You fucking Matt Patricia, okay? And I'll tell you what, our offensive coordinator, Vell, who also is the guy you won't remember, don't forget, who decided to throw the ball in the one-guard line when Marshawn Lynch is in your backfield to give Lee and the Patriots their fifth Super Bowl at the time, I believe. That guy is the guy calling a timeout, their fourth Super Bowl at the time. And he comes to Detroit right away, calls that shit. I mean, just disappointing. It was pathetic. And now for nothing, though, we still had a ball at the end of the game with a chance in Stafford's hand to drive and score that game-winning touchdown, and we didn't do it. So I, I, I try to keep my line spiel to a minimal today. There's going to be more. There will be a lot more coming. But, gosh, that was a frustrating loss. No, that was, that was great. Five. I, I, Five. I won. It was, a, it was a basically a loss. Yeah, we're going to have to get our yeah. listeners hooked up with some kind of B-team premium feature to see the video streams of jerry because it's really nice to just look into your eyes when you make those rants <laughs> like you really this is just so recurring for you and so ingrained and it's happened so many times that's the thing i remember watching it beginning of that game i was watching red zone reddit stream as well and seeing like oh wow like danny amendola just caught like an 80 yard touchdown tj hawkinson got a touchdown look great. he looks good like the team is all these guys are making contributions and then i start to see the score and then all the other games ended, and that game happened to be in the witching hour between the afternoon games and the night game when everyone was watching. And we all saw the Lions are just America's team, America's faithful team that always blows it against not a very good opponent. Kyler Murray was great. It's not going to take away from him, but, oh, my God. It, we knew it was coming. I've told you guys before, good football teams find ways to win football games, right? The Detroit Lions find different ways to lose football games. And in this case, tie. 
might as well have been a loss. That was a must win. Our next four opponents are absolutely Goliaths. All right. And to go out there and tie and make Kyler Murray look like Tom Brady in his NFL debut, which, by the way, second year in a row, we've done that. Sam Darnold last year in New York uh, in the oh. opening game. That was on Monday night, which everyone was watching. And you're right. We were in that. I knew it, too. I could feel it was palpable. <laughs> it was like the whole country was watching that overtime. You could absolutely feel it. It was between games. It was ridiculous that we were in overtime. And there go the Lions almost blowing it. And then last side note here about the Lions. But then I listen. I've been listening to Detroit Sports Talk all day the last couple days. Streaming it. Got to. The Lion fans are such ridiculous people. The, they're guys praising the Lions team. They're like, well, at least they held to a field goal there in overtime. I'm like, we blew 16 points in the freaking fourth quarter to let them get back in the game. It was ridiculous, and we need to hold them to a higher standard. Pimo, Lions suck, but I'll tell you what, those Broncos, that O-line wasn't looking good. Dude, I – I wish I could talk about my team tying or losing with the passion that you just did, but man, that, that took it out of me. Um, as I've already mentioned, my mom was in town visiting for the weekend and we just had a great weekend, but I decided to take her over to a Broncos bar across the street from my apartment. The orange and blue was out in force there. We were trying to bring the Rocky Mountain Thunder to the Evergreen City should I say the Emerald City of Seattle? And I'll tell you, man, we looked like absolute shit. I mean, we lost to a Raiders team that, granted, was fired up, and I know we're going to get into the Antonio Brown saga at some point during this podcast, but I thought without Antonio Brown that we were going to be able to go into Oakland and just kind of steamroll the Raiders, and we looked bad our defense which has been talked up as like the top three defense in the NFL I don't even know if they touched Derek Carr no turnovers just embarrassing play cut Von Miller that's that's my opinion cut wow we're paying him way too much money he couldn't get a hand on Derek Carr I mean that's a team last year that was bad right four and twelve if I remember correctly yeah we made them look good um, I will say Josh Jacobs looks like he's going to be a stud, but not a lot else on that Raiders team for me to really highlight. I think it was just that the Broncos looked way out of their element. And Vic Fangio, you're waiting 40 years for your NFL head coaching debut. Dude, learn how to call a timeout. You're talking about the worst timeout call ever. How about the worst timeout non-call? He goes into halftime with all three of his timeouts. <laughs> Maybe there's a reason that he's been in the NFL for 40 years and has yet to get a head coaching job. Not a lot of optimism for me for the Broncos, man. But, you know, it's only week one. At least it wasn't the Browns, right? Yeah, Oof. Browns got fucking shelled, and I love it because now everyone's – It's like massive overreaction. Before the season started, everyone's like, Cleveland's doing the Super Bowl. And now everyone's like, oh, my God, they're the worst team in the league. You know what? They're probably going to be somewhere in the middle. They're probably going to be okay. You know, Titans are, are good. Titans have a very good defense. And the Browns got a little cocky. They, I don't know. Baker made some good plays. I think they're going to be fine. I think the Titans are legit. I think Vrabel's got a really good team. Uh, oh, one thing I want to say about the Broncos game. On the East Coast, I'm back on the East Coast for the first time in seven years watching football. I had to go to bed at halftime. I never <laughs> go to bed. 
for football games, but I had to I had to go to sleep. I couldn't watch the second half. It was, and I really wanted to see the duel of Derek Carr versus Joe Flacco. Very highly touted matchup of boring white dudes playing quarterback, and I missed it because of this East Coast time difference. But I I do think Derek Carr looked pretty good. Um, but yeah, we you know there was there's a lot of crazy shit going on this weekend. Jerry, you got anything else for us? Yeah, that well, that game particularly. I mean, that's the latest game of of the NFL, you know, of the year. That second Monday night game on opening week. So you really did have to brave it. Um, but Mountain Time Zone is the best time zone to watch football. We're all about at eleven. It's perfect. Two three games. It's phenomenal. But that being said, yeah, the Browns way underperformed. Also way overhyped. And second thing, what the hell was on uh, OD? O- o- Odell Beckham's freaking hand. What the hell was on his wrist? Richard Millay cost an Aston Martin. Yep. You could buy a house with that watch. And he said he's going to wear it for the rest of the season. Uh, turning the attention back to the Titans really quickly, though, I want to pose a question to the two of you. What are the odds that Mike Vrabel has to cut his dick off? <laughs> okay. If, if our listeners don't know, Mike Vrabel said that he would cut it, gladly cut his gladly cut his own dick off to win the Super Bowl. I get the notion. Maybe he didn't really think that he had a chance. I still don't think he has a chance because Mariota is the quarterback. But uh, and that's the issue. That's the answer to your question. Mariota is the quarterback. His dick is safe. Um, his dick is going to be okay at home. Um, I think maybe you know he's feeling he's he's taking a little more care of it and he, he's more appreciative of it. Um, with his team looking pretty good, but I think it is not going to be removed from his body anytime soon. Well, Mrs. Va- Mrs. Vrabel is very happy to hear that, Lee. I'll let her know you told her. And Please do. I, I got her on speed dial. And I think I was, they looked, I was very surprised though. That Titans defense, again, it's hard to really, you know, gauge if the Browns offense is just that bad, but on paper, they look damn good. So, I mean, the Titans, he might, he might be eating his words here in a few lines. I think his dick is safe, but he might uh, he might have a few cuts on there as he's inching closer to the Super Bowl as the playoffs go on. I think you better hope that we this podcast never blows up because Mike Rabel, one of the biggest, scariest dudes at coaching in the NFL, is going to hear that you said you have his wife's number on speed dial. I didn't mean talk, it like that, though. As we talk about how many cuts his dick is going to have on it. Well... If we make it big, I'll, I'll make it up to Mike. It'll be fine. What will you do? Will you cut your own dick off if we make it big? No, absolutely not. But we'll we'll get Mike a T-shirt. Uh, that'll that'll clear it up. That'll I, clear I didn't it think up. Think about that. <laughs> yeah, just like that. You get him a T-shirt. Buy him a beer. Yeah, we'll you be know, good. Just, just be glad that he decided to take the Titans job and not the Lions head coaching job. I mean, things are fine. I think I would cut my own dick off for this podcast to blow up. There um, we go. So hopefully that's some way that we can kind of find a little even ground between Mike Rabel and this show. Mike, uh, if you want to get on our podcast, our producer, James Goldenbloom, can, yep. can hook it all up. Just reach out to him at jgoldenbloom Bloomy. at thebteam.com. Before we get off the Browns, uh, I think that, uh, their O-line is really bad. Um, mm-hmm. We should probably say that. I feel like that has – I don't like re- – no one really wants to hear about the Browns' O-line, but the O-line is really bad, and that's partially why they struggled so much, and we'll see if they can improve that going forward. Yeah, I think we saw that kind of 
throughout the NFL this weekend. Uh, a lot of shitty O-line play really leading to some teams not performing well. I'm thinking, you know, just off the top of my head, the Browns and the uh, Broncos. But I think also the Falcons definitely were disrupted by that aggressive Vikings defense. and just, Seahawks. Seahawks. Yep. Yep. The Sea Dogs. The C- C- Portland Sea C- Dogs. The Portland Sea Dogs. Yep. Yep. Well, the other thing with the Browns, too, not to beat them while they're down, but I gladly will. I mean, <laughs> Greg Robinson, they just didn't look well coached nor disciplined. I mean, Greg Robinson gets ejected after that stupid play where he kicked the Titan uh, in the back of the head. And obviously, we already talked about Odell's stupid watch that he was wearing. I mean, how stupid? Play football, okay? Get the bling off and play football. You don't need to have this diamond out $250,000 watch. Just go play Hmm. football. Wear it after the game. And the third thing, 18 penalties on the night. I'm looking here. That's the most penalties they had in the game since 1951. By the way, NFL champions that year were the Detroit Lions. Now, those three things together, the watch, the penalties, the kick in the face, undisciplined, and with all that hype, that's something to watch here. Now, I know it's Hot Take Tuesday, and I'm not like Pimo with the hottest take of the day, cutting Von Miller. But I'll tell you what, <laughs> things could quickly go off the rails here for the Browns if they don't get things together in the next few weeks. I'm telling you, we could be looking at a 2-14 and 14 squad here. Things could really go off the rails. No way they're going to go 2-14. and 14. And also, you guys have that, you have that cranky old man voice about that watch. They're going to be fine. They're going to be fine. They're, they are have Baker Mayfield in his second year. He's going to have some struggles. But their team is good. I'm more worried about the Seattle Seahawks. Pimo's dark horse to make it to the Super Bowl, who almost lost to Big Red, Andy Dalton, and the boys with another terrible offensive line. And they were really close to losing that game. And I – they look kind of the same as last year. Their offense, like we thought the Seahawks were going to make this big jump. Their offense still sucks. I mean, their offensive line still isn't very good. Uh, Russell Wilson is completing a miraculous percent. Like he's throwing the ball so little, but completing so many passes. And I think it's just, there, there's, there's an end in sight to this luck. And I don't know about Pimo's pick right now. I'll be honest, Lee, I don't know about any of my picks. Um, in the NFC, the Saints looked, you know, pretty good, but they easily could have lost that game to the Texans. I think I might have been high on the Falcons. We can check the tape again, but that yeah. was completely off kilt. I said that the Bears were going to be great, and then they go out there and put up an absolute dud of a game on offense. Mitch Trubisky looking like the second coming of Tim Tebow, aka the third coming of Jesus Christ. And um, yeah, I. I I just I might be completely out of touch with all of football because my picks right now are looking very bad for the season. That being said, I think at the end of the show we'll include our segment where we do pick games for yeah. all of our degenerate gamblers out there who want some terrible picks. We got them for you. Yep. I got to say, I completely disagree. I love Mitch Trubisky. Um, I love what he's doing for Chicago. And I think he's really, you know, fits in well for where they want to be over the next five years. And I'm just excited for what he brings to the table. Um, on the other hand, I don't think – I don't buy the Packers yet either. I mean, guys, was that not the worst opening football game in, I don't know, maybe ever? I mean, that was a bad opener. 
You know, I was thinking the exact same thing. And when I turned it on, I was so excited for the start of football. That's when football really is back. I know they tried the whole week zero stuff with college football and college football had already been back for a week. But for me, that Thursday night game has become the symbol of football really returning. It felt like the Super Bowl just continued into another game and somehow was worse. I mean, I was so bored. I found myself surfing the internet, watching random YouTube videos over that game because they, neither team could get anything going on offense. And it wasn't even one of those games where it was a defensive struggle and it was really entertaining. Uh, it was just a bad football game. It almost looked like an extension of preseason. Yeah, that was – I was doing the same thing. I was, like, scrolling a lot on my phone more than normal. And Mitch is in his third year now. I think we're we're getting to the point where we start to say, are we going to put him in the Mariota and Jameis Winston category? Are we going to put him in the Stafford and Kirk Cousins category? Where are we going to put this guy? And right now it's not looking good for Mitch. He uh, – he, that was – you know, it's one game. He had some moments last year. But this guy is not very good. He's, he's a good runner, and he makes a play every now and then, but he misses just some easy shit. He doesn't – I had no confidence in him to win. No one thought he was going to win. I, I was with Bears fans. The whole world, no one thought that guy was going to lead a drive to win the game. And it's just – I don't know. We're, we're, we're getting there. I know he's super young. This is a hot take. But Mitch, Mitch, is, Mitch isn't good, guys. He's not good. That pass – at the end of, uh, end of the game there, you're throwing in double coverage. You're just forcing it. And you're in four-down territory, obviously. You don't need to throw it up to the corner like that with your receiver absolutely blanketed by two defenders. And not for nothing, he didn't even throw a good ball there. It wasn't even like where it needed to be in a spot where you gave the receiver a chance. It was an easy pick, a stupid throw, and not good decision-making. And I know not what the Chicago fans thought they were getting, at least a lot of them. I know you were with some smart ones, but I, there was a lot out there, too. I've seen a lot more uptake and uh, uptake in Trubisky jerseys. Let me tell you, I think those have been flying off the shelves down there outside Soldier Field. And I bet those will cool down now. So it was exciting um, that football is back. And I'll tell you, that game before that Bronco Raider mediocre stuff mm. – Oh, my gosh, that was incredible. That was really the moment for me when I was like, football is really football bad. Football is back. You know, Sunday, it, I was hungover all day, laying on the couch, trying to get into red zone. Sunday night, the game, I'm a Patriots fan. It was cool, but I never really got, like, into it. Last night was, was the, the moment where I was like, fuck, yeah, this is, this is why we do it. This is why we waste so much of our year watching this shit. Because last night was so fun to watch. Deshaun Watson is fucking electric. Kamara is unbelievable. Like, that game just had all the stars. Jerry, you had a good Texans pick. We did our preseason predictions. They looked awesome. I think the issue is Watson visits that medical tent quite a bit. Mm-hmm. He, he likes that blue tent. You know, he's, he spends more time in a blue tent than Union Soldier. Cut that joke. Um, but, yeah, it, it is – that game was awesome. Drew, Drew Brees led, did it again. Will Lutz yeah. scored 58-yarder. Like, God, that game was just perfect for Monday night. The, the play of Deshaun Watson, when he's on the field, he's something special. He's incredible. You're right, though. And 
I mean, his play, what, he had, I think, three touchdown passes and one rushing TD. I mean, he moves around out there. And to his credit, he needs to, um, rather to his detriment, he needs to make sure he can avoid some of these hits. You see Pat Mahomes, who I think they're both really similar players. Mahomes is like a vet out there with how he gets out of the way of taking these big knocks. Um, and what an incredible debut for him, again, to start off right where he left off, uh, which we'll talk about. But, yeah, the Watson – Breeze matchup did not disappoint. I think both teams, if for the Texans, Watson stays healthy, you know, this is like, – we're just bringing so many hot takes, right? But, wow, what a matchup that could be down the line of the very last game of the year to start on Monday night. That would be crazy. But that would nice. be something. Um, and Drew Brees, I mean, he's still got it. He's incredible. And Lutz, what a leg. I mean, just clutch. Clutch at the end there. Yeah, Jerry and I, as two Jewish males, aren't often complimentary of Germans, but that guy's got a howitzer, let me tell you. He's somebody who I always search out for on my fantasy team, and I've been unable to get him too often, but that guy, he's just automatic from anywhere. and He definitely has the clutch gene, which for a kicker in the NFL, you'd think most of them do, but with the kicking woes of so many teams, it's just nice to see guys like that perform when they're called upon, especially as an old soccer player. You know, I mean, that was the only way I was ever making it in the NFL as a kicker. And uh, we all know how well that went. Yeah, really well, really well. I I never even made a team, you know. You were uh, first round of of cuts at Division III Colorado College? Yeah. Uh, Division III Colorado College soccer, I was cut in the first round of cuts, yeah. Um, Here's a little fun fact about my CC soccer career. A kid who played on the B team of a team that we used to play, he made made the team over me. Seth Newby. Seth, if you're listening, congrats, man. And also, fuck you. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, if you made the team, you would have had to hang out with those weird soccer kids who, like, I don't know, didn't really go out the same nights as everyone else, kind of, like, all looked the same, and then beat up on teams from, like, like, University of, like, Fort Worth. Not even, like, University of Dallas. Like, Colorado College plays the weirdest team. So I really don't think you're missing that much. And uh, shout out University of Fort Worth. That's a real school. Um, great program you guys have there. Yeah. Pimo, I actually – I don't – don't don't lie to the listeners, though. I mean, you win and kick. Weren't you a stand-in for UCCS's uh, tra- travel D2 squad? Wasn't that you kicking on the sidelines? I swear, I thought you were in a battle there. And, you know, you gave uh, Fort Lewis College a real run for that money and, and back in 13, right? Yeah, man, it was a tough decision for me. I was either going to commit to a D3 school to have a chance to play soccer or commit to a D2 school to have a chance to kick for the football team. Yeah. Unfortunately, neither came to fruition, but it's okay. I'm out here now in Seattle thriving and, um, you know, just glad that that wasn't a part of my past. And kicking, right? You, you do a men's league. Aren't you in an indoor league right now? I'm not in an indoor league, but oh. I am in a men's league. Yeah, if you're in the Seattle area, yeah. come out and watch Natty Light play on either Monday or Wednesdays. Um, you know, a lot of players – actually, we could use players. Um, if, you, if you play <laughs> soccer, if you ever play it at a competitive level, uh, shoot me a text, shoot me a call. I'm not going to get my phone number out, but once again, you can reach out to Jake Weinstein. He'll figure it all out for you. Also, aren't you, aren't you in the adult? Hold on. In- also, hold on. 
Also, if you go to www.beastteam.com backslash female kicks, you can watch the live stream of the Keystone Lights take on the scary sh- summer shandies. So it's going to be a really good matchup, and make sure to tune in. Aren't you in an adult trick kicking league called Trick Ch- Kick Trick Cheney's House of Kicks? Aren't you in that? I thought Seattle was famous for trick adult kicking. I don't know. I could have sworn I saw something on uh, on your, your – I was looking through – remember you sent me your Hinge profile? Yeah. Workshop it? Uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure you put something in there. I don't know. But I know your kick still looks good to me. Um, so, yeah. That's, that's also – that's also being live streamed. I'm sorry. Good call. I neglected to mention that. Well, uh, how about them Patriots, guys? Uh, they looked uh, – they looked pretty good. Um, they looked pretty unstoppable against Pittsburgh. And I think um, I'm not surprised. I wasn't surprised at all by it. It was a really boring game. Um, and I'm kind of wondering, AFC, is it down to New England, Houston, Kansas City? Hey, Pimo, I think, I think my audio cut out. Could you hear Lee? I, um, I think he said. What did he the, say? He said that the AFC was down to Something the Ravens, AFC. the Broncos. Yeah. Bronco. And, I don't know. I right. Yeah. I'll, re- I don't know I'll rephrase that. Are the Patriots going to lose a game? I don't know <laughs> if they're going to lose a game. If, if I was a betting oh, man, man. I would take out a bet on going 19-0 unless whatever's about to happen with what we're going to talk about soon really fucks some shit up. But their defense is so good and their offense is amazing. They don't even need the offense. They they could maybe win with Brian Hoyer back there, who's on the Colts. Congrats, make it bank. But I don't know if they they look unbelievable. I didn't watch any of the game, and it had to do with other reasons. It's not that I hate the Patriots. I hate the Patriots. But, off the field issues. Um. Yeah. Off the field issues. Exactly. Thank you for elaborating on that, Jerry. We won't go into any more detail. Um. But I, I mean, I think that's a good bet, dude. I really do. they just have the most talented roster. They're the best coach team. Gronk's definitely coming back for the playoffs. I mean, if you don't think that, then uh, you must be living under a rock or in Jerry's closet. All kidding aside, uh, you you might go 19-0, you being the Patriots, because – well, or the Steelers aren't that good. But at least for that game, you were firing on all cylinders, every freaking cylinder. And then you add A, B. I know there's some question marks right now. But, but I mean, you guys look so good. The Patriots really did. And it's so annoying. Like, I hated it. I turned the game off. I couldn't watch it. It just – everything was going right. And you already have six Super Bowls. And why can't, why can't everything go right for another team? Why do you have to always have it go right? It just, it's just it's annoying. So, I just didn't watch. I turned it off. But, guy – I mean, you look so good. Again, I hate to say it, but you look so good. You really do. And it's, it's everything Jerry said. It's just unfortunate that it couldn't happen to another city, maybe one that was a little bit more starved of titles or had, you know, a fan base that wasn't a bunch of MILFs from Waterbury, Connecticut, or wherever the Pats. Wayland. Real Housewives of Foxborough. <laughs> exactly, Fox yeah. Bro. And that's not to discredit. I, I know that there are great New England Patriots fans across the nation. 
um, who have been with the team since they were absolutely terrible back in the 80s. But it really is unbelievable just the continued success that the Patriots have had and how they take these guys like Philip Dorsett, you know, who, who, may ne- but who may never play another snap. You just don't even know. But he looks hey, by the unbelievable way, in the highlights. By the way, you just asked me earlier, am I worried about Mike Rabel? You just pissed off 10 million mass holes who wants your head on a stake for comparing them to MILFs from Whalen that are attending the games. Just pointing that out. All right, I can, I can get personal with Coach Grable. I can figure it out. You got 10 screaming crazy massholes coming for your head. I think a lot of the massholes are aware of the MILF problem at, in, the, in Foxborough. They know how bad the ticket prices are, and there's <laughs> – I, I think that there's, there's been a state of emergency of a MILF problem uh, in southern Massachusetts. Um, so it's – you know, a lot of people are aware of it. But, yeah, there are a lot of good ones. And there are a lot of ones who are going to be pissed off. What's Uzi called a MILF piece of shit? <laughs> like, there are going to be people like that. Um, but yeah, they, uh, the Pats look very good. And I think people didn't realize how good their defense is going to be. And it's very legit. They've given up three points in their past two games, each one being a Super Bowl, one being a season opener. Um, they play all three AFC East teams in the next three weeks and then the Giants and then the Redskins. So if you can find a bookie who's going to take like first half of the season bet, like take that one. Um, because they're not going to lose for a while. The Giants are not good. The Redskins, though they teased us a little bit, they, they Case Keenum teased us, uh, they're not very good either. Um, so it's going uh, to be a while before they lose. Well, I think it's about time that we get to the topic that our listeners have probably been waiting for, and that, of course, is the absolute circus media parade of Antonio Brown. Guys, what do you make of just everything, not just in light of what's come out today, but just everything around this guy? You know, I, I watched him on Hard Knocks, and I remember saying to you both, it seems like he's living in his own world, just his own world, and no one else, everyone else is living in it, which I realize I've already said that about Amazon today. And I think I said it in the last podcast, I'm going to retire that phrase for at least three more episodes, but in AB's case, I really think it's true. The media circus of him arriving back in New England, uh, and then today, these allegations that have come out, uh, if true, absolutely horrible, and so we got to see that play out in court. Uh, this guy, he, he has shown himself, it seems, to be putting himself above any team that he's on. I think that's very clear, and obviously a lot of serious major question marks about his character and who he is as a person that need to be evaluated now too. I mean, I, I don't, I can't stand it. I didn't like his attitude and he hasn't even going to get to even looks like get on the field very time soon to really do his best redeeming quality up to this point, which was him actually playing football because of his mouth. And it looks like possibly some horrible things off that need to get resolved. I think, okay. Every, a lot of you were saying how one, maybe this was, a, for everyone saying first, A.B. is crazy. Not everyone's saying this is an orchestrated attack by the Patriots to have A.B.'s a sleeper agent. He's going to get himself to have Oakland. And, and Oakland gets screwed over and Pittsburgh gets screwed over and the Patriots come out on top. Well, I think Oakland knew something about this and the Patriots didn't. And I think that they voided that $30 million contract 
our friend Evan Meister, who works in diplomatic yeah. marketing in Los Angeles, knew about this a week ago. And they AB kind of vanishes out of trace, signed with the Patriots, and he is like the Patriots didn't know because he's literally staying in Tom Brady's house right now. Like I'm sure he's out of there by now. It's Tuesday night. I'm sure the Bradys and the Bunchins have kicked him out if he's in there. But he was Brady offered him to stay. Everything seemed like everything was going to be fine. I don't think New England knew about that. They gave him ten million guaranteed, and I don't know. I, like this is just this seems like it's been building for a while, and um, we're not going to comment on the case or anything. But I, I think the the Raiders might have known something here, and 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 I don't know. This could be very bad, and. Uh, I guess my take is that, you know, Oakland's maybe they look good last night. Maybe they're they're smarter than we think. And what is guaranteed money anymore? Because I mean, that thirty million was uh, you know guaranteed for AB when he signed that contract, and we saw he's not getting a dime of that. So I, you would think the Patriots, if they did it the Patriot way, would have put something in there to make sure if things didn't fall and he didn't play that he wouldn't get any of this money. So his Instagram post of him swimming in the dollar signs in the New England uh, Patriot uniform might not come to fruition either as uh, as well. So it's just it's been it's a it's a circus to watch. It's an absolute circus, and to me, it's just uh, it's riveting. You, you know, you just you can't stop watching. It's like a bad car accident where you want to look away you want to stop giving this guy the attention that he's getting but you can't prevent yourself from doing it because it's just every day there's new stuff coming out he's calling Mike Mayock a cracker threatening him to hit him then he makes a tearful apology then he releases what could be an Oscar winning movie trailer I mean did you guys see the production value on that whoever made that Whoever made that video, we need to get them on the B team to produce our stuff. Because holy shit, that was good, man. I haven't seen a trailer like that since the Dark Knight. 100%. I was Our buddy Timmy, Timmy Jenkins, who will he'll be on the podcast. He's probably he's a, a good friend of the pod. It was a great Division Three laxer, so he really fits the bill of someone we want to get on for an interview. But he said the same thing within – 20 seconds of seeing the video. I said, I don't know much about AB, but tell you what, he's got a really good video guy. Something that was really popular with our listeners last week, well, you might not have recognized this, was the list. Yes. People Thank thought that, that was a great addition to the show. Thank do you have another yeah. list for us this week? I do. I'm so glad you brought it up. And this list will actually be a recurring list. And it's something that if our listeners who, who tuned in last week, um, and, and we're able to be blessed in hearing me do the list and then have my phone died and then realize the list was year old and that Andrew Luck was still ranked as the top five quarterback. If you were lucky to hear all that, you're going to love what I have in store for this week. But coming to you today, I got it. You all want it. I'm going to save you a Google search. We got NFL.com's power rankings after week one. All right, so I want some reactions here. I'm going to do the top five. Um, and then we can talk about some other things. But let's focus on the top five here because that's what it's all about. At five, we got the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, obviously started out with a good win there. Um, the, the Saints at number four. Chiefs at three. Rams at two. And the Detroit Lions at one. Oh, uh, wait. The New England Patriots at one. 
Um, so again, going down, you got Eagles, Saints, Chiefs, Rams, Pats. I mean, those look like the teams to beat right now. And now we're one weekend. They are looking good, firing all cylinders, what you expected from the squads. I uh, I don't know. I, I feel like it's a little recency bias there in that, I don't know, I wasn't that impressed with the Eagles or the Rams. Uh, I don't think, I think the Rams, they were great last year, but I thought the Saints looked better than them. I, they almost, I mean, the Panthers are a boring, miserable team, and they had, they were in the game. The Panthers could have won that game. Um, and obviously the Redskins could have won that game. Case Keenum lit them up. Vernon Davis jumped over a guy. Vernon Davis is still in the league. Um, I don't know. I think obviously it's NFL.com power rankings. Texans are 0 1. You can't put them in there, but thought they looked better than the Eagles did. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, it's kind of, it's week one. So they're not making the reactions like it's our, it's our job or, or our hobby, whatever this podcast is to do um, and make overreactions. But uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd take those, those Super Bowl participants out of that list. Yeah, I mean, Jerry, I think you did better with this list in the sense yeah. that you, you gave us, you know, two things to disagree with instead of one, like the last one. Um, I'm with Lee. I don't think, think the Rams looked that great. I don't think the Eagles looked that great. Um, I think the Texans probably deserve to be in there. Also, I think the Ravens, honestly, after their performance, I know the Dolphins are very bad, but, um, you know, Lamar Jackson did look pretty good against who he was playing I have no idea um but you know those are maybe the two additions that I'd have in there oof that dolphin team I'll tell you what I've seen this before folks I watched this in 2008 okay I've seen this before it's not gonna be a fun year for dolphin fans I know there's only like 10 dolphin fans anyway and like five of them were at that game but Oh my gosh, that team's talent level, not there. They're, they didn't want to be there. And the play, I don't know if they have a playmaker on the entire roster. Um, and they did a total turnover watching the game because I live with the Ravens fan. And we were, um, thank you, hashtag Reddit streams, for letting us watch that. And they were saying that the, the Dolphins, it's something like 38 player turnover, 38 on the 53 team roster were new guys. So, I mean, they dumped house, um, and it didn't – it's not working <laughs> to start, I'll tell you that. So, really hard to see how good the Ravens actually are. But, wow, Lamar Jackson slinging it, looking really good at quarterback. His knock has always been, can he pass accurately down the field? He sure as hell did on Sunday. He looked like an unbelievable NFL quarterback at only 22 years old, too. 22. That's great. Do you remember earlier when I was giving that great gambling advice on betting the Patriots going 19-0? You, know, you might have an even safer bet with the Dolphins going 0-16. <laughs> they have nothing. I, I, and the Ravens are good. But I just – I look, look at their roster. Look at what, what they have. It's going to take a miracle to beat – you know, there's going to be a close game against the Bills maybe one time or the Jets that they can maybe scrape, scrape out. But – I think it's, we're looking at a 0 and 16, 1 and 15 level team here. Yeah, yeah, they're bad. They're they're terrible. You know, that was maybe the silver lining as a Broncos fan. It's like, well, at least I'm not a Dolphins fan. 
I would go down to Miami for a game, though. Those tailgates looked pretty unreal. Bunch of strippers, bunch of balloon animals. I'm sure you can kind of fill in the rest in your imagination or do a quick Google search. But, yeah, that would be the only reason to go to a Dolphins game would be the tailgates and the uh, buffets at the strip clubs down there. Well, it looks like yeah, a little different, little different drugs in Miami than the ones they got up in Buffalo. Let me tell you that. It, Those it looks, tailgates are different. Yes, they are. And it looks like. They're, everyone's just staying at the tailgates, and no one's going in the game. I know that's with all Miami sports. And similar, without getting too deep on a tangent here, similar to why San Diego Chargers arguably lost their team. I mean, Gillette was – I'm sorry, we're going to cut that out. But their stadium um, kept rewinding, rewinding. Similar to San Diego. Similar to San Diego and being a great city, tons of stuff to do. On a Sunday, you don't necessarily need to go down to the NFL game because you got so much other great stuff to do. It's the same deal there in Miami. But, I mean, I haven't seen the Orange Bowl uh, full for a football game for the Dolphins in, like, a decade. Since, like, I mean, that would be – Marino would be well before. But that was – it was just sad. That was just a sad game. No energy and just really bad football. Well, I think that's a good way to wrap up our NFL talk is just on a sad, depressing note. Um, Perfect. I mean, that's, you know, that's why you listen to podcasts is – not to escape from the doldrums of everyday life, but to enjoy your life. And enjoy the demise of others' lives as you're, you know, sitting on the train or driving your car and you just want to hear some misery of other people. Uh, we're happy to bring that to you. Absolutely. And so what well, we got to send them off. We forgot to do it last week because Lee's phone died. But uh, our three primetime picks, right? We're not going to bore everybody with every game. But throughout the year, we'll be picking our Thursday night game, our Sunday night game, and Monday night game. So, as you already said, betters get ready. Although, I, obviously, we're doing this as we go here. I don't want to do it with the line. I just want to say you're going to win the football game. Yeah, I think we do money line. I would like to interject really quickly and tell you about another segment that we will be having. It's the international break for soccer right now. But moving forward, we have a brewing rivalry on this podcast. Lee has signed on this season as an Evertonian. Go Toffees. Boo. Toffees. Boo. And Jerry is a diehard Liverpool fan. Come on, you Reds. Go. Go, Roosters. Go. Go, Roosters. Go. Jerry's a Liv Todd. The Beatles, the Beatles, go Liverpool, the Beatles. I myself am a Man United fan, so no updates on this segment, but EPL action is back next weekend. Um, We'll be getting some good takes from the two of them on how their teams performed. Jerry, give us the games. We'll give you us our picks, and then we'll let you guys get back to whatever you're doing with your life before this shit. Pull, hashtag Liverpool, go, go, go going to be a good day Liverpool all right now in week two of the NFL season our Thursday night matchup I anticipate here when we're editing maybe we'll get some cool background music going on that'd be pretty dope or just and here boring with how boring these games are going to be to pick I know yeah, this, is- yeah this this is going to be bad now that I'm thinking about it because <laughs> what we have the Buccaneers playing the Panthers and I know yeah, that the Jets play the Browns. Like, yeah, I, I, I'm going to pick. I'm going to go along with this segment. But holy yeah. shit. I mean, if you're betting, 
uh, yeah. you have a problem if you're betting on any of these games. So in week two, our Thursday night game, to start us off, and I'll go to you first, Pimo, we got Panthers. the fierce Buccaneers on Panthers. the road at Carolina Panthers. You say Bucks? Panthers. Okay, Panthers, Lee, we got? Just to win, straight up? Yep. yep. Panthers. Jerry? Uh, Panthers as well. Nice, <laughs> nice. Good diversity really on this delighted. podcast. Very really diverse well. podcast, yep. Very diverse <laughs> podcast. Great. This is great. All right. A little more interesting now on Sunday night football. Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth. Lee, what's in your mouth? Get your lips out of my face. And we got the Eagles going on the road to play the Atlanta Falcons. Lee, who do you got? The Falcons looked so bad last week. The Eagles didn't look great either. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm picking the Eagles. I the the Falcons I don't trust anymore. I never really have except for one season. Uh, I don't trust them. So Eagles. Pimo, Pimo, battle your two hometowns. Battle of my two hometowns. Right. That's correct. I spent, two other hometowns. Spent a yeah, lot of time. Out of the four. Out of the four. Out of the four. Um, Eagles, easy. Falcons are still having a Super Bowl hangover from what. Four years ago now, um, they, stink. <laughs> they stink. Yeah, they you know stink. they need to go find another bald white guy to be their head coach because I think Dan Quinn's kind of run his course. I will say, interesting little note here: uh, Dan Quinn might have helped the Broncos win a Super Bowl, but we can get to that on next week's episode. Boys, boys, boys! I'm telling you this: I wasn't impressed with the Eagles in Week One, and I think at home here, Atlanta turns it around and is able to pull off. Uh, an upset, get back in the winning track. I mean, I think there's a lot of talent on that Falcons roster. I think this is a game that they win at home, start writing the path a bit, and uh, pull off the, the win over the, the the NFC rival Eagles. Final game here is Cleveland dun, 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 on the road against the New York Jets. When ESPN picked this to be Monday night in the preseason <laughs> – you know there were some seriously erect people in that fucking broadcast room. So they thought two young quarterbacks, both coming off week one victories, who is the next man to take over the mantle of the National Football League? And one weekend, we know Sam Darnold, not that good, Baker Mayfield, and the Browns, duds. Who do you got, Lee? I got Cleveland. I mean, they lost in the first one, but they're, they're going to bounce back. And the Jets just lost – a terrible game, and I think Cleveland comes back in this one, and uh, I'm, I'm on the Baker train, so go Browns, go. Go Bees. Uh, Browns again, yep, uh, for everything that Lee just said. <laughs> I think the Jets are going to win it at home. Uh, I expect a big revenge game. game. Revenge game for the revenge, Jets. I'm telling you what, revenge game. I think Le'Veon's going to have a big game against this Brown D. And I think we got trouble in paradise, a.k.a. Cleveland, Ohio, early on dropping to 0-2 to start the year. Well, that's the first time that Cleveland has ever been called paradise. And that, that gives you all you need to know about this podcast, guys.